Isaiah 37 has uh, much to say about the people of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, currently under attack by King Sennacherib of Assyria. Uh, at least he was planning that attack. And in verse 33, I'd like to pick up there. Isaiah says, therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. He shall not come into this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Uh, a reference in uh, verse 33 to a shield and a siege mound actually reflect the tactics of Sennacherib. Just this week, there was a report from Israel about excavations going on at Lachish, one of the cities that he did conquer. And they have calculated that the siege mound included up to 3 million stones constructed over a period of just a matter of weeks. That was no doubt his plan for Jerusalem. And God says it's not going to happen. The primary reason for that, verse 35, says, For I will defend this city to save it. Why would God do that? For my own sake. And for the sake of my servant, David. God's glory is of, of uh, God's primary concern for my own sake. For his glory, he decided to defend the city. For the sake of my servant, David, that's uh, a little surprising that that's parallel to God's own sake. But the reason there is that he's got an obligation to David because he made promises to David. Those promises relate directly back to God's plan. And so it's for God, the sake of his own glory and for the sake of God's plan. And of course, the historical evidence and the evidence in scripture just in these next couple of verses indicates that God did just that, destroyed their army, uh, ended the assault, and Sennacherib had to return back to Nineveh. How does that relate to a prayer session uh, this afternoon? Well, verse 35 again tells us the primary reasons, two of them, for why God does things, his glory and to fulfill his plan, his promises. But then just turn back briefly to verse 21 of this same chapter. This is now the response to, Isaac, to uh, Hezekiah's prayer. The direct response to that concluded in verse 20. God says, uh, sends Isaiah to uh, Hezekiah with this message. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. And it goes on in a poetic passage. 
to describe uh, the very destruction that we just read about at the end of the chapter. Well, now here's another reason that God defended the city. Because you have prayed. The direct link here then, and this is... Uh, this has a degree of mystery for us. There's a link between God's sovereign plan and his eternal glory and the prayers of God's people. That we have a role here. Somehow we have a role through prayer. Clearly because that's how God wants us to respond to the needs around us. He has a plan he is going to fulfill, but he can say, with clarity and truth, it's because you have prayed. Somehow that has a role. So somehow even the prayer time today and, and all the times that we spend in prayer individually and corporately, they have a role in accomplishing God's purpose and in bringing God glory. We do that by the specifics of prayer. We don't know God's plan, but we can pray and ask him that he would answer prayer according to his plan and for his glory and be confident that he will do that. This is not wasted time. This is invested time. And uh, I'm encouraged that there are so many around the world joining in this format and uh, appreciate your sense of the need for prayer and the power of prayer. And by God's grace, may he accomplish his purpose through this prayer time today.